hello to each and one of you out there. Welcome back. We are returning from our brief two-week vacation. Uh, once again, along with Sadell Boyd, I am Irving Henderson. You are listening to the Threes on Fire podcast. We're going to kick things off with a recap of baseball scores from around Major League Baseball on Friday night. The Philadelphia Phillies split their doubleheader with the Miami Marlins, winning game one, five to two. Travis Jankowski with his career high of four runs driven in in that game. Uh, the Phillies lost the nightcap by a final of seven to two. Zach Eflin, a horrible performance, giving up six runs and three and two thirds of an inning. Now, the Phillies actually had an opportunity to pick up ground in the National League East on the first place New York National League team. They fell to the Pittsburgh Pirates last night four to one. It was the Boston Red Sox for the New York Yankees, nothing. Uh, Aaron Judge has now become the sixth Yankee player to be placed on the COVID protocol. They also lost Luke Voigt to injury. So right now, the Yankees are banged up, hurt, and they're missing players due to the COVID protocol. And they're struggling. They are now in fourth place in the American League East. Jake Cronenworth hit for the third cycle in San Diego Padres history as the Padres uh, set a franchise record scoring 24 runs as they beat the Washington Nationals by a final of 24 to 8. I saw that score and thought that I was tripping because that's a football score. What? You don't see football scores in <laughs> baseball like that. 24 to 8? 8, yes, 24 to 8. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't, man, that's just bad. That that like I mean, granted they scored eight, but they gave up twenty-four. Like you don't see twenties in baseball often, but the Padres just powered their way over Washington last night. Uh, it was the Toronto Blue Jays 10, the Texas Rangers 2, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. with his 29th and 30th home runs in that game. And a uh, little other note here for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, come July 30th, they will finally be allowed to head back to their home and stop playing in Buffalo. They will be at Sky Dome. I think it has a new name now. I think it's Rogers Center the name of their uh, ballpark, but come July 30th, they will be back in Toronto to play. It was the Milwaukee Brewers 11, the Cincinnati Reds 6, the Tampa Bay Rays over the Atlanta Braves 7-6 to six in 10 innings, the Kansas City Royals over the Baltimore Orioles 9-2, to two. it was the Houston Astros defeating the Chicago White Sox 7-1, to one. Mike Yastrzemski with two home runs for the San Francisco Giants as they beat the Cardinals 7-2. to two. Julio Urias became the first starting pitcher in Major League Baseball to get the 12 wins as the Dodgers beat the Colorado Rockies 10-4. The Angels had a ninth inning rally against the Seattle Mariners, but it fell short. They fall 6-5 to Seattle. It was the Chicago Cubs 5, the Arizona Diamondbacks 1, and Jed Lowry with a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth as the Oakland A's defeat the Cleveland Indians 5-4. Speaking of those Oakland A's, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred has publicly stated that a team move to Las Vegas is a very real possibility. The Oakland Coliseum is the last of the dual-purpose cookie-cutter stadiums that are still running, and the city of Oakland has already refused, they already refused to build a new stadium for the Raiders. 
So including the Warriors uh, moving across the bridge back to San Francisco, Oakland could very well be losing their third team within five years. That, I mean, listen, here's the thing. The the A's are in a, a really tough position right now. And they're in a tough position because the city does not want to build a stadium at all. They don't. They didn't want to build a new stadium for the Raiders. They didn't want to uh, build a new arena for the Warriors. So, you know, baseball is, you know, one of those not as popular as it used to be sports. Now, I know that there is a passionate fan base in Oakland for the A's. Uh, They wanted to put the team in San Jose, but the Giants, you know, said no. The Giants said no because of – Something It has something to do with television territorial rights, and they would be like, they're already basically in the same market. Yeah. But I don't understand why the Giants would have blocked that. There have been other proposals in other cities that other cities have just flat out turned down and said, no, we're not building a ballpark here. And the A's even have put together, you know, stadium plans to stay in Oakland. But it doesn't seem as if the city is willing to budge on their stance of not allowing for, you know, public funds to go towards building a stadium. So we could be looking at the Las Vegas athletics within the next year or so. And, you know, that would be pretty, you know, pretty bad for Oakland to lose all, all of their major franchises. Yeah. All right, one more baseball note here. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, the overpaid and often misinformed talking head at ESPN, came under fire this past week for suggesting that Los Angeles Angels star Shohei Otani couldn't be the face of Major League Baseball because he doesn't speak English, which allegedly hinders his marketability. Um, oh, Stephen A., come on, man. Listen here. That is a dumbass take. It is. It's a dumbass take. Like, baseball is a global sport. It's a global sport. And I'll tell you this. It was just uh, a few weeks ago I attended a a Phillies-Padres game, right? Right. The amount of young kids that I saw wearing Fernando Tatis Jr. shirts and jerseys was amazing. And here's a guy like, like, this this is the Padres visiting Philadelphia. Kids, kids love this guy. And you're going to tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there are popular guys in Major League Baseball who these kids love. Yeah, that speaks to your popularity when fans here are wearing your jersey. And, and, and you're telling me, you're telling me that a guy like Shohei Otani, who right now has baseball, you know, flipped upside down because he can pitch and he can hit. Right. Like he's on pace. He's on pace right now to hit over 60 home runs this year. And he's a starting pitcher in the American League. So when he's not starting... He's playing the field or he's a designated hitter. So he's getting his at-bats as well. And you're telling me Major League Baseball can't put him front and center just because of the language barrier? I will tell you right now, 
Major League Baseball has a problem already promoting their stars, regardless of, you know, their nationalities. You know, he suggested that Mike Trout or Bryce Harper are better suited to be the face of the league. Now, to me, to me, I look at that, and regardless of how Stephen A. Smith wants to paint it, that sounded so MAGA-like. Because you're going to name, listen, you're going to name two white star players, one of which in Mike Trout, who's hurt right now and isn't even playing. Why not a guy like Fernando Tatis Jr. as the face of Major League Baseball? Why not a guy like Ronald Acuna Jr. as the face of Major League Baseball? Major League Baseball has a lot of star players who are not white. Who could be, and in a lot of cases, for a long time now, it, it, it has been. And my thing is, Mike Trout. If you if you want to tell me that Mike Trout should be the face of Major League Baseball, I'm not going to argue with you about that. Right. He's in a major market. He's in Los Angeles. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Mike Trout doesn't do promotional things by choice. Okay, that's his choice. So now you have to find someone else. Okay. Who are you who are you going to put out? Who are you going to put out there? And my thing about the Angels is the Angels have these star players in Trout and Otani and, and even to a certain extent Anthony Rendon, but these guys, aren't, they, they aren't winning. They aren't winning. They're not even in position to make the playoffs right now. So other than in the regular season, you're not getting an opportunity to see these guys. And mind you, on top of all that, how often – are these guys being put on national television? Yeah. I mean, when you start thinking about the teams that get all of the national TV play, the Yankees, even though they're struggling, they're always on TV. The Red Sox are always on TV. The Cardinals are always on TV. Not the Angels. Not the Padres. To a certain extent, not the Braves. And hell, not even the Phillies. So you're going to bring up you know, Bryce Harper, the Phillies can't even get on national TV for Harper to be out there enough. Yeah. So it was a it was a dumbass statement by Stephen A. Smith, and he came out and apologized. And, and, and you know what? I could get into the Stephen A. Smith conversation. You know, I really could, but I'm not. And I think I think you and I may have a down-the-line unfiltered about this guy because – there's something like there's there's like a disconnect with Stephen A. Smith that I don't quite understand. And we saw it this summer with the Kwame Brown situation and how he tried to distance himself from the clowning of Kwame Brown that he did on a consistent basis. And Kwame Brown outed him. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I'm going to take the Stephen A. Smith conversation. I'm going to sit that to the side because trust me, we will definitely have that conversation at some point. All right, well, the NBA Finals resumes tonight with Game 5 as the Phoenix Suns and Milwaukee Bucks find themselves tied at two games apiece. Uh, I got to tell the truth. I got to tell the truth. I have not really been fully invested in this series. I haven't been. Wow. I've been, you know, I've been keeping, you know, a little bit of an eye on it, just a little bit, just a little bit. But I think right now – with the way the series has gone after these first four games, I'm thinking, all right, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check these games out now. 
because now it's a best of three. Yeah. But I, but I have a question for you here. Uh, has the pressure now shifted to the Suns to win this game tonight? Absolutely. All right. Uh, so go they ahead. might not come back home if they don't win this game. Uh, Good. The way the way that the Bucks role players uh, or secondary stars play at home, Chris Middleton being that main secondary star. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to win in Milwaukee. Yeah, it is. And their 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 fan base energizes. Do you know they have more fans outside of their stadium that they can actually fit in their stadium? I can believe that. I can definitely believe that. Well, we saw that though. Uh, remember, remember when uh the Raptors made their finals run? Yeah, yeah. Similar what did to they, that. Uh, that? What was that? They called they called that uh outside place Jurassic Park. Jurassic. There were. They, there were almost as many fans. Excuse me. There were more fans outside than there was inside. Yes. So that doesn't surprise me one bit. Yes. So so, so scale scale of one to ten, scale of one to ten, how much of a must win is this for Phoenix tonight? Nine. Mm. I'm not gonna give it an absolute because there's still okay. the way they played game four. Or game four, or not. But the way they played game four, the way they started, they had control of that game early. And then right. they lost, they kind of lost it along the way. But uh Yeah, I saw the he, highlights. Yeah, well, I, I watched that game and I was uh-huh. like, uh-oh. I was like, uh-oh, the Bucks are in trouble because Giannis mm-hmm. came out and played a little bit differently in the previous two games. So I thought, mm-hmm. uh-oh, he done took the foot off the gas. So they up taking this uh, loss because of that, but then he snapped back into what he was doing before, and then they they ended up walking him down, and they came back, and uh, then Chris Middleton basically went bucket for bucket with Devin Booker, right, and so they eventually walked them down, and in the in the clutch moments of the game, they found a way to pull ahead. Well, Booker didn't get much help. He did not get much help from anybody else down the stretch in that game. It was really, it really became a one-man show. And Phoenix is not going to win if it becomes a one-man show. They, they can't win that way. Um, one thing I will say, um, listen, everybody, uh, that block by Giannis was great. It was. In the moment and what it meant to the game, it was an awesome play by Giannis to get that block on that uh, dunk attempt by Aiton. It is nowhere near, nowhere near the play of LeBron's block on Andre Iguodala in Game 7 of the Finals at all. Stop trying to compare it to that. Don't put it on there. It's not on that level. I disagree with you, man. Like, all right. No, no, you no, no. How do you disagree with me, man? It's not close. It's it's it's, it's not close because it's two different things. The, it's the okay. Go ahead. Difficult difficulty factor of what Giannis mm-hmm. did is much higher than what LeBron did. We we already know LeBron gets those chase down blocks on fast breaks. It's, that's not a difficult thing for him. It's it's. I mean, granted. Uh, for the in the in the uh, for the LeBron block, the gravity of the moment, the stakes was mm-hmm. much higher. Yep. Had he had he not gotten that block, had he ended up gold, had he ended up fouling Iguodala, 
that changes mm-hmm. that that changes how the the Warriors right. likely likely win. So mm-hmm. yes, it was it was a game winning type of defensive play in game series. Mm-hmm. The, the the gravity of the I agree with you. Nowhere near close. But the difficulty of the degree of making the play, I think Giannis' block was a lot harder because he was already playing the pick and roll. He was already helping out on Devin Booker driving down the lane. For him to step up, help, show, and Devin to throw the lob over his head and for him to turn around and meet the oop without fouling, and getting a clean block, that's a difficult play. On a man that's taller than him, not much. You know what I mean. All right, but listen, so I'll give, I'll give you the degree of difficulty. Like, I will say the degree of difficulty definitely goes to Giannis. I'm talking about the importance and significance of that play. They're two different situations. Now, here's my thing. If Milwaukee rides that win in game four and they win this series, the significance of that block definitely moves up. It It definitely moves up because that will be the play we will turn and look at and say, this was a series changing block, right? Yes. Yes. But even with that being said, stop comparing it to the LeBron block. It wasn't that. And you know, I'm not a, I'm not a huge LeBron fan, but I will tell anybody listening the block that he made in that game is top three plays in NBA Finals history. It's top three. It's it's somewhere in the top three. And, yeah, top three. I have it somewhere within the top three of greatest plays in NBA Finals history. Given the significance of it, right, the fact that it was game seven, the yeah. fact that they were coming back from being down three games to one and they're on the road, yeah. Right? All right. So so if it's somewhere in the top three, I'm going to mm-hmm. – all right, let me try to guess one of them. It's going to be MJ's final shot on, in 98. That's one of them, right? That's one. That's number one. Okay. So now – now, mind you, this is a long history of NBA finals. Like, uh-huh. like what, about, what about Magic's hook shot? Magic's hook shot is number two. Okay. What about yep. when Larry Bird stole the? Oh, that's not finals. That wasn't the finals. Yeah, uh-uh. yeah, yeah. That's conference finals. Okay. Finals, uh-huh. finals, finals. You, you know what? All right. Mm, yeah, well, you might be. You trying to round? You trying to round out the top five? Like, like, here's the thing. If 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 the '86ers win the finals, Doc's reverse layup is in my top three. You called us the 86ers. <laughs> the 86ers. If the, if the 1986ers win that finals against the Lakers, Doc's reverse layup is definitely in the top three, just based off of the degree of difficulty. Since we talk about degree of difficulty, you got to jump in the air. You got to oh, yeah, take the ball right, around yeah. defenders, go underneath the basket, Still in the air, come up on the other side and spin the ball off the glass to get it to go in. Oh no, no, yeah, no, I, now, you know, I, I, I forgot. Yeah, that, yeah. Now everybody loves MJ's hand switching. 
MJ's hand switch, like, he made that harder than it had to be. Yeah, he didn't have to do all that. Exactly. All right, well, listen, uh, while, we, while we're on the subject of basketball here, uh, it may be uh, time to admit that the United States is no longer the basketball power that they once were. I don't know if it's because of this roster. I don't know if it's because of just the fact that the world has caught up to them. But I saw a power ranking that has Australia listed as the top team going into the Olympics, which to me is almost unheard of. But Team USA has spent the Olympic exhibition season looking bad. They lost their first two games to Nigeria and Australia. And as if it couldn't get any worse, Kevin Love left the team because of an injury. Bradley Beal was removed from the roster due to the COVID protocol, and they were replaced by, and I have to say this with a straight face, they were replaced by JaVale McGee and Keldon Johnson. What? Just the second guy. I don't know who Keldon Johnson is. I read up on it. Uh, Apparently, he's been working with the USA Select team for the last few months, and I guess they, you know, were really impressed with him enough to bring him in. I understand why a lot of the NBA guys, you know, didn't want to participate. The quick turnaround from last season to this this season, uh, then having to try and go to the Olympics and then get ready for another. I get it. So you don't have to sell me on why a lot of the top-level players aren't playing this year. And listen... I will be I will be surprised if this team wins the silver medal. I will. I'll be surprised if Team USA comes away with silver. I, granted, they righted the ship a little bit when they beat Argentina, but yeah. I, I just I don't see it with this roster. I don't. I don't. Well, I Too to much isolation that. ball. I don't. I don't get it. I don't know. I listen. I don't know. I. Quick, quick uh, insert, Kevin Love injured. Like, who didn't see that coming? <laughs> he was already hurt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he was already hurt. I don't he was already he hurt. Even, and- I, don't, I don't even know why he got invited. Has he even played basketball in the last two years? I guess. Barely. Barely. <laughs> I, don't, I mean. Like, has he even played basketball since LeBron left the Lakers? Like, I mean, left the Lakers. Uh, left the Cavs. The yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised. You know, I heard that they they were thinking about uh, inviting Tobias Harris. I'm looking at this roster and trying to figure out why isn't Tobias Harris on this roster? I mean, he should be at this point. It's I mean, Kelvin Johnson, whoever that is. Who who is Kelvin Johnson? Ja- Yo, Javale <laughs> McGee is <laughs> on Team <laughs> USA. I, I oh man. Look, good luck. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, wait, did, did Andre Drummond get hurt? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think he did. I think he's, I think he's still on the roster, but they had, to, they had to replace these guys. I just – I don't get it. I, I don't get it. And it's going to get ugly. <laughs> it's going to get ugly once they get to Tokyo and these games start counting. I think the Olympics start uh, – Next week, I think they start next week or in two weeks or something like that. Yeah. Either way, either way, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be bad for Team USA. Um, one last basketball note. Uh, 
you can trash all of the memes and Photoshop pictures of Trailblazer star Damian Lillard in the Sixers uniform uh, because on Friday, he publicly denied requesting a trade and said he is hoping the organization makes significant roster moves. Uh, he was quoted as saying, what can I say? What I can say is my intentions and my heart has always been set on being in a Trailblazers uniform for my entire career. Now, Sadat, I got to ask you, man, is he being sincere or is this damage control? Hmm. It's, it's both. It's okay. Both. Uh, Dane, Dane has that old school mentality about him. So that, mm-hmm. for that part, it's, it is sincere. So he means what he said. He really does want to stay with this one franchise. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I mean, you got to kind of look at the landscape of the NBA and know that the Trailblazers have reached their ceiling and he knows in his heart that he's not going to win there. So it's like he doesn't want to leave. He won't He won't force his way out, but he ain't going to mind it if they do move him, especially if they move him to another contender. You get what I'm saying? So well, yeah, he, 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 I get what you're saying. It's, it's, there's, a, there's a little bit of truth in both. Yeah, he doesn't like he all of a sudden turned against the city because that's not his right. intent. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he kind of like, well, I'm still, you know, I could. <laughs> I mean, especially well, go ahead, especially what to? I mean, like, like I don't know if you you've seen some of the Warriors rumors, but I mean, that's like an offer you can't refuse if that happens, like. Him stuff no. play in the backcourt. <laughs> you can't be like that. No, that, no. that would be a crazy lineup. That <laughs> would definitely be a crazy lineup. Uh, it, it it would be small ball. It would definitely be small ball. But you know, there are three guys that can can hit some big time shots. And you know, would it work? I don't know. I don't know if it would work. I, I think it would be a hell of a you know. It'd be a hell of an attempt. Hell of a sight to see. But uh, I'm worried about their defense. That's the that's the word. Mm-hmm. The defense. But uh, I still think uh, I still think that if any team uh, was in a very good position to pick up Dame Lillard, I I still think it's the Sixers. I I, I still think that right now the better option right now for the Blazers to get a deal done that would get them something in return would be a trade to the Sixers. I saw somebody say something about the Lakers. I don't see the Blazers moving Lillard within the conference. I don't see that happening at all. That's the biggest block for him going to the Warriors. Even though the Warriors Mm -hmm. had package from what I've seen, the rumor at least, the rumored package. Let me uh, say that. Uh, They was going to offer Wiseman, um, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the two first rounders from this year that they have, right? So I mean that's a that's a, a pretty uh, pretty big haul that you could you could kind of put together. But it is, as you said, out of the conference, <laughs> right? And I think right now the only Eastern Conference team that has you know. Not only the players, but also the picks to offer to Portland 
it's it's the Sixers. They are the only team that can send something, you know, to Portland, and they could have like almost like a quick turnaround. Yeah. Now, I know it's more than likely going to cost the Sixers Maxi and Simmons. I don't see them moving Simmons straight up. I don't. I don't see that. It's going to take another piece plus picks to get Dame off of the Blazers. And we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens going forward as far as the Dame Lillard situation in Portland. That is, that is fine. They could take shape too, if they want it. <laughs> they can take, take, take Danny Green too. They went oh man, listen, and we're gonna we're gonna have a little discussion on Danny Green in uh in our main topic. But uh, yeah. one final note before we move on to our uh, next segment. Um, come on, Tom Brady, come on, man. Like, I mean, I know overall right now, like he's considered to be the goat. And, and and I'm not gonna again. We had this, I'm not gonna argue too hard about it. He's not my top guy, but I'm not gonna argue with anybody who says he's their top guy. Now a report comes out that he played all of last season with a torn MCL in his knee. Yeah. Really? Ah, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> really? It's like come on, man. man his accomplishment even more. Oh, yeah, and I played on a torn man. in my knee. Man, I don't care if he did or if he didn't. This this ain't this ain't news we need to hear. It ain't. He said, keep it to yourself. He, he's not, it ain't like he's mobile. It ain't like if it was Cam Newton or Russell Wilson or or uh, um, uh, Jackson. Uh, Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson? Yeah. Somebody like that who said that? then, yeah, it would mean something because those guys are mobile. They run. Where? What do it matter? He's a statue. He's yeah. a statue. He just he gets the ball. He drops back. That's it. <laughs> like, come on, man. If it's not his plant leg, what difference does it make? Not at all. Yo, seen yo, seen you what Embiid could do on a – what Embiid had, the meniscus? A torn meniscus, yeah. Yeah. And jumping. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, Brady, hey, Brady, man, get out of here with that. You don't, you don't, you don't need any extra credit for last season, man. Exactly, Damn. man. Get out of here with that. All right, so listen, we're gonna move on to our uh, main topic, and it's one that I really did not expect to have. But we talked about Danny Green. Danny Green says something, and we gotta address it, man. We gotta address it. So. To all my Philadelphia fans out there listening, um, we might be arguing a little bit. So you guys sit tight. You are listening to the Threes on Fire podcast. All right, we're back with the podcast now um Sidel, before we get into our main topic i did want to bring up one thing that i did not bring up uh, in the earlier segment um the phillies lost a handful of players to covid protocol uh third baseman alec bohm was covid positive and due to contact tracing uh there were other players who had to sit as well one of them is starting pitcher Aaron Nola. Now, Nola missed his start on Sunday 
against the Boston Red Sox. Uh, he had to be scratched because of the contact tracing. He won't be eligible to return to the team until this next series uh, against the Yankees coming up uh, next week. But he said something that really like struck a chord with me. He wasn't vaccinated. He has not been vaccinated yet. And the Phillies as a team have not reached the threshold that Major League Baseball set for them to relax COVID restrictions within their own team. And he said something along the lines of, he's still not going to get the vaccine as of yet, and it's a personal choice. Now, I agree with anyone who says that not getting the vaccine is a personal choice. It is. You're not mandated to get it. They're not forcing anyone to get it, no matter who tells you the opposite. They're not forcing people to get vaccinated. At the same time, this just hit home for you. You have a player on your team who had it. You would think that you would want to be responsible and protect yourself, not just for you, but for your family as well, because you don't know. I don't know if another team, and mind you, they're getting ready to play the Yankees next week, and the Yankees are dealing with their own COVID issues right now. Listen, all I'm saying is it's a personal choice, but if you are surrounded by people who could possibly be carrying it and you know that puts you at risk, you might want to reconsider not getting it. That's all I'm saying. All right, uh, Danny Green. Danny Green. Oh, boy. Danny Green. Listen. I know what the catalyst for what Danny Green said is. And I know the catalyst is about the way the Sixers fans reacted towards Ben Simmons. Especially after what happened in Game 7 of the series against the Hawks. Now, we had our unfiltered on what we felt as though the next move the Sixers should make as far as Ben Simmons is concerned. Now, I'm not going to speak on that. If you don't know, uh, if you want to know more about that and you didn't listen to our previous Unfiltered, you can go back and listen to our Unfiltered and you will hear our thoughts on what the Sixers should do with Ben Simmons going forward. I want to talk about this quote that came from Danny Green. And what he said was, I love our fans. But when things aren't going well, they can turn on you. Now, I had to think about this for a second. I really did. And it's taken me a while to, to like, I guess, form and a, a basic, what am I looking for here? To, to form a, a, a well-thought-out opinion on it. Okay? Because... My initial knee-jerk reaction, and I know this isn't unfiltered, so, but I'm, but I'm going to say what my first reaction was. My first reaction was, Danny Green needs to shut the fuck up. Yeah. That was my first reaction when I saw the quote. Because it's like, how dare you say that about Philadelphia fans? Because beyond a shadow of a doubt, the one thing I will say about the majority of Philadelphia fans. There's no bandwagon within these fans. None. No. I'm not going to talk about, you know, I'm not going to talk about people who spend their money and go to games 
even people who say, yeah, I don't like the direction the team is going in. I'm not putting my money down to go watch that. They're still watching these games when they come on television. Yeah. I, I know plenty of people, and myself included, who have an Xfinity cable package just to be able to watch Philadelphia sports teams. For that sole purpose. You understand what I'm saying? Not because they want HBO, not because they want to watch, you know, CNN, because they want to be able to watch Philadelphia sports teams. So there, there is, there, there's very limited bandwagon element to Philadelphia sports fans. But at the same time, <laughs> there is some truth to what Danny Green said. There is some truth in what he said. And Philadelphia fans listening, you may not want to admit it, and you may have had your feelings hurt because Danny Green said it, but some of what he said is steeped in truth. You don't believe me? This is the same city that booed Mike Schmidt. Greatest third baseman in baseball history. Mike Schmidt wasn't above getting booed by the fans when he had his struggles. Okay? You don't believe me? We can go recent history. Look at how fast the fan base turned on Carson Wentz. Look how fast it was. Look how fast that was. It was it was quick. The man, the man had one bad season. Everybody wanted him gone. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not I, I'm not gonna take away people's, you know, need or or want to shift the blame for why the Sixers lost on Ben Simmons' shoulders. But there's plenty of blame to be spread around for why the Sixers didn't beat the Hawks in that series. Plenty of blame. I get why Simmons is public enemy number one. I get it. But at the same time, I'm seeing these, you know, weird-ass trade possibilities People are willing to trade Ben Simmons for next to nothing just to get him out of here? Oh, I don't care if the team gets worse by getting rid of him. It's addition by subtraction. (laughs) Well, that's a little bit too far. What? What? I I don't get it. I don't get it. And, and, And I'm telling the God's honest truth from being a fan all these years of my life, there is absolute truth in what Danny Green said. Do we support our players? Yes. Yes, we do. Do we support our teams? Yes, we do. When Ben Simmons hit that three, you would have thought that the Sixers had just won the finals the way not only the crowd, but social media went crazy in support of this dude. Right? Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it with Allen Iverson. I've, like when AI was, you know, leading this team to the finals and getting this team to the playoffs, the fans loved them. But then the moment things started going left, he's no good. He's a bum. He's this. He's that. 
get him out of here. He don't practice. This team can't win. Like, we kick dudes in the ass on their way out the door. <laughs> Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard, same thing. Ryan Howard is, to me, the most underappreciated athlete in Philadelphia sports history. Ryan Howard did the same thing to Ryan Howard. Did the same thing to Jimmy Rollins. Did the same thing to Donovan McNabb. No, I was going to ask you about that too. <laughs> like this, this they will, they will, they will. This fan base does turn on players when they perceive that these players aren't doing enough. Now, again. You can you can legitimately make the argument with me about Ben Simmons that you know he has shown some regression. The fact that he was missing free throws was bad. The the passing on the dunk or layup because he didn't want to get fouled was bad. I get it, but the man, I I don't see Ben Simmons as being you know broken to the point where he can't be fixed. We're still talking about a twenty four year old kid. We're still talking about a relatively young player. And this this thought process of, well, we'll get rid of him and getting rid of him is going to unlock the key to us to finally make a finals run. Unless we're bringing back equal, you know, or not even, even if it's not equal, if we're not bringing anything back close to being equal, it's a, it's a bad decision. You're not going to sit up here and trade them for nothing. But I get people, and, and still, you've seen it. You saw it. Oh, we'll trade them for, you know, a dozen donuts from Dunkin', you know, <laughs> a coffee and some bubble gum. What? Yeah, like, you, you, you see some of these trade scenarios, and you just sit back and say, you, you don't know anything about basketball, do you? You you can't possibly know a damn thing about basketball. And, and, and go ahead. No, I didn't mean to cut you off, brother. But uh, I was done with my thought. Huh? I was done with that thought. Go ahead. Okay, I was just gonna say there was you know there's still also some trade scenarios that were like, yeah, those might be the legit right move, uh, barring landing a superstar. Because that's landing the superstar is going to be the hardest thing to do, uh, the way Ben Stock is at the moment. But I mean, you didn't. Okay, like now, it. now, now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Now, I want to, I want to ask you a question on that, right? Yeah. Is it his stock as far as what the league thinks of him, or is it his stock as far as what Philadelphia well, thinks of? Him? You know, I think that's more what we think of him than it is what the league thinks of him. Because I'm going to tell you right now, just about every team in the league would jump at a trade for Ben Simmons immediately. Right now, even with his struggles in this past playoff uh, season, every team in the league, when the Sixers are talking about openly uh, opening up the trade market for him, 
Every team in the league is on the phone with them trying to put some sort of package together. Doesn't mean that it's a package that's going to get a deal done, but I will tell you right now, every team in the league is on the phone like, hey, this is what we can offer you. Oh, yeah, because they see his potential. That's what I was going to get to. But they also – They already got a trade offer. Yeah, but they're also throwing those BS trades that you've been talking about out there too, and it's kind of like not going to just give them away for a bag of chips. Exactly. The one, the one that I wanted to say that I'm interested in, which you don't like, was the Malcolm Brogdon trade. No. That, that scenario. No. I think – I think that's a, a great fit for us. But I mean, when you when you can still swing for a target, then uh, you got to keep taking those bigger swings. You don't. And this is the thing: anybody that knows anything about negotiations, anything that knows anybody about anything when it comes to negotiations, you never, unless it's something that will completely knock your socks off, you never accept the first off. Ever. Yeah, so I so I got it. I understood why. Because we're we're trying to catch bigger fish. Mm-hmm. But I hope the way that it all shakes out <laughs> that an offer like that could still be on the table just in case we have to go back to it. But see, here's my thing, and I'm not gonna talk about fans running players out of town. Because I'll, I'll I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that the fans there Quotation marks here. Run players out of town. There's I'm not. That I was kind of thinking of when you was running down the names of some of those players. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's kind of. I wouldn't say that all of them necessarily ran their welcome out of their welcome, but uh, some of them kind of did. <laughs> like Donovan, oh yeah, some of them. Some of them did. Yeah, Donovan was on his way out of the league. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, I think you could kind of say that AI was on the back end of this career, even though it's still that's a, a hard one. <laughs> that's a hard one right there. No, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say that there aren't there aren't guys who were entering that part of their career where they were you know starting to be on the downside of their career. I'm not saying that that hasn't happened, but what I'm talking about is I'm talking about the treatment of players when things aren't going good. When things aren't going good, we get off on booing our own teams. We do. It's one of those things. It's one of those things we wear as a badge of honor. Yeah. And and our mindset is we're so passionate and so tough. That's that's the. That's the exactly. Exactly. We boo because we care. That's the mindset that fans take. We get like that because we care. So what you can't do is, and this is this is the part of the hypocrisy. You can't get called out for what you do and be outraged from it. He told the truth. He didn't make anything up on Philadelphia fans. We are we are a great passionate uh, fan base here in this city. But we are also the type of fan base that when things start going left, we do. We do turn on certain players. We do. We do. Like, all the other names I brought up, and and like I said, my my most recent prime example is Carson Wentz. Yeah. 
Carson Wentz all of a sudden went from the guy who could win with practice squad players to the guy who is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, and we got to get him out of here. <laughs> That's true. That's he took all he took all the blame for the struggles that the team had last year. All of it. Did he deserve? Did he deserve again? Same thing like Ben Simmons. Did he deserve blame for the part that he played? Of course, but this disproportionate amount of it doesn't make any sense. It's it's Wentz's fault that Travis Fulgham went from being seventh on the list of wide receivers as far as pro football focuses uh, grades were when they go into that Sunday night game against Dallas, and then all of a sudden. He's on the milk carton? Yeah, not his fault. You know, it's, it's, it's on Carson that Miles Sanders isn't touching the ball? <laughs> like, like, again, again, you want to say it was Ben Simmons' fault for why the Sixers lost? You want to make him at the top of the list? You're, okay, okay, you're right. But Ben Simmons wasn't the only one out there making turnovers. Ben Simmons wasn't the only one out there missing shots in key clutch moments. He wasn't. That was a team loss. That was a team loss. You understand what I'm saying? That was a team loss. And I get why he's the ire of the fans right now. I get it. Because we saw all the workout videos, and it's like, oh, shit, Ben go, come out. He go tear it in in the the same dude he's been for the last three seasons. Well, see, see, the thing is, you, you just said something key. You said he wasn't the only one out there missing shots. Well, he refused to even take a shot. <laughs> so I know. Comes, I get, yep. Put the effort in. Yep. And again, again, I'm, I'm not disagree. I, I won't disagree with anybody that is upset with the way Ben Simmons played in that playoff run. I'm not. But I want to. I'm talking specifically about the fans turning on players, and it happens. It happens quickly sometimes. Quickly. So I don't. uh, I just think that's like from our from the fans' perspective. That's like the only way we could really kind of call ourselves holding our players accountable. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I mean. They're on the court playing with them. We don't pay them. They get paid regardless. The yep. only thing we can let them know that we are <laughs> that they're what they are is to boom. <laughs> and and here's the thing: I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with the booing. I don't. I don't have a problem with that at all. I I I, I I'm I'm at these games. I'm right there with y'all. Like, I'm, I'm booing right along with the rest of y'all. And I'm guilty of this. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not guilty of this. I am as well. I'm guilty of the same thing. But to sit up here and pretend like what Danny Green said wasn't true doesn't make any sense to me. It's true. It's who we are. It's how we are. It is somewhere deeply decoded in our DNA <laughs> as Philadelphia fans that, you know what? Guys start messing up, he got to go. Right. 
Yo, oh, you're you're batting. Listen, I've seen things where people have, have said that they're pissed off that Bryce Harper is getting paid too much money. Oh, the Phillies overpaid for Bryce Harper. He's overpaid. He ain't that. He ain't worth the cut. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I got people. I got people. Like I've seen situations where people have said they don't want JT Real Muto here. Oh well, if we trade anybody, if we're going to be trading off pieces, let's trade Real Muto now because he's got he's got a big contract. He's not living up to it right now. His hitting is in the tank. Get him out of here. Yeah, yeah. Hey, come on, man. Real come quick. on. We're quick. <laughs> Come on, like, like, listen. You can't, you you can't be the fan base that sings. No one likes us. We don't care. And then the moment someone says something to call you out on it, now you want to get up in arms. I thought you didn't care. I thought you didn't care, you didn't care about how you're perceived. <laughs> I thought that didn't matter to you. Just start telling the truth. We are who we are. We are who we are. And you know what? That's what makes us, you know, the, the quote-unquote toughest fans in the country. But at the same time, again, at the same time, we ain't bandwagon jumpers. And we ain't abandoning our teams. And when we have the opportunity to, you know, lift our teams up, we do it. I told you, I was at a Phillies game. Attendance was about... 11,000, you would have thought it was a sellout the way that crowd just kept, the, the noise just kept building and kept building and kept building. And they they carried that team that night with the noise that they were making. Right. I've been at Sixers games where the noise is bouncing off the walls and you can't even hear yourself think. And the team is responding to that. Yeah. You know, I've been to Eagles games, man. Like, just, we, we, we love our teams. We do. But at the same time, you know, we quick to be like, get him out of here. <laughs> if, we don't think, if we don't think they're doing what they should be doing. So, take, you, you got to take, listen, you can't love all of, you know, the praise that gets heaped upon us as a fan base and then be upset when the criticism comes in. Yeah. You know, because that's, that's the same thing you do to these players. It is. You are absolutely right on this point. <laughs> so, look, anybody out there, you disagree with what I'm saying? Let me know. Am I off base? Let me know. Am I right? Let me know. All I'm saying is, we are who we are. Just accept it. All right, well, listen, uh, we're going to take one last break. Uh, we're going to have a uh, rundown of what you guys can expect to hear from us uh, moving forward over the next few weeks. You are listening to the Threes on Fire podcast. All right, we're back with the Threes on Fire podcast. Going to get you guys out of here and close the show. Uh, Sadell, we are down to the final four in our Philly GOAT tournament. Little bit of a surprise. Uh, our final four, 
we have Wilt Chamberlain uh, taking on Allen Iverson in their Final Four matchup. Chuck Bednarik, the only number one seed who did not make it to the Final Four. Uh, AI uh, ended up with more votes than Chuck Bednarik. And in the other Final Four matchup, it is Mike Schmidt going up against Julius Irving. Uh, within the next uh, few weeks, I'll uh, reveal who it was that came out on top in our Philly GOAT tournament. Um, Wait. Go ahead. So, <laughs> this, is, this is very interesting. Uh, wow. We have three 5% chance of kind of revealing us as a, a basketball city. I was listen. I was a little bit surprised by that. I was. I, I can't. I can't deny. Like, here's the thing. Uh, Mike Schmidt barely topped Brian Dawkins, right. and Wilt Chamberlain barely topped Reggie White. AI won in a landslide over Chuck Bittnerick, which was shocking to me. So, but 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 what we have learned is this. If you want to talk about a Mount Rushmore, you guys who voted, you know, and if and if you disagree with the voting, I blame you because you had an opportunity to vote when we put the votes up and you didn't. Okay, that's right. But that's basically, right. our our Mount Rushmore are three Sixers: Will, Doc, yeah. and AI. With <laughs> okay. You guys did the voting. You can't get upset with me. I gave y'all a chance to vote. I put it up. You guys made your choices. This is how the voting turned out. I have nothing to do with that. So we'll see who comes out on top. If I had to predict a winner right now, I think recency bias, AI is going to come out. Yeah, I'm going to put my money on AI. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, well, listen. Uh, we don't typically uh, give you guys the rundown for what we have going on, but we're definitely going to do it now so that you know what is upcoming, uh, what you can expect to hear from us over the next, I guess that's uh, over the next seven weeks, because we have some very interesting things uh, going on uh, coming soon. So next week, uh, we're going to recap the NBA finals and talk about the NBA draft, uh, which is coming up uh, in about a week and a half. Uh, on the 31st, we will discuss NBA free agency uh, and we'll give you our top five sports video games. Come August, we will begin our NFL uh, season preview. Uh, we're going to talk about the divisions, starting with the AFC and NFC West, until we get to September, and we will have our full-fledged season prediction show. Uh, we'll give you a guy, you guys who we think are going to make the playoffs, possible Super Bowl matchup, and we will begin our weekly picks uh, starting on September the 4th. Um so now, listen, man, it, it's been a very interesting uh, two weeks that we've been off. You know, I know that we missed a lot of subjects uh, within these last two weeks. Um, I didn't want to talk about the Richard Sherman thing. I think that is uh, a very, very, very sensitive subject. Um, yeah. But I did. But I did see something. Um, before we get out of here about, you know, a little bit of a double standard here. Um, 
the domestic situation between Richard Sherman and his wife, you know, people rightfully, rightfully, Richard Sherman should not have did what it was that he did. I agree. But you get a situation where, you know, Dwayne Haskins is being hit by his wife to the point where he sustained injuries and people are laughing about she knocked that. this tooth out yo and people people are laughing about funny. it that's not funny you, you understand what i'm saying Man. because the roles were reversed we wouldn't be laughing about it it's not something that should be like made jokes about you know there are a lot of men right now living under those situations and they can't talk about it because the stigma of them looking like a punk. Yeah. Because they're getting hit by a woman. But then at the same time, you're a punk if you hit her back. Hit so, no-win situation. It's a no-win situation and, you know, I, I didn't want to go heavy-handed and, you know, bring those topics to the forefront. You know, those are very situ- serious situations. We do we do discuss some serious things, but given this was our first show back in two weeks, I didn't want to go there with that. Um, other than that, really don't have much as we get out of here. Sadell, anything you want to uh, discuss before we wrap up this episode? Um, briefly, I just want to ask you, uh, Conor McGregor now, moving forward. I don't know if you... Uh, I did see it. Got- I saw it. I saw oh, it. He got, he got beat down. Yeah, and anybody that thinks that uh, he lost simply because he, you know, messed up his ankle, he was going to lose that fight one way or the other. He was getting you know, trashed out there. But what I think is the fact the that he got wanna, injured. The boy didn't even want to submit him. He, he... Oh, no, no. He wanted to beat the brakes off of him, yeah. He wanted to continue the abuse. Well, McGregor deserved it. I he mean, all of, the, all, of, all of the shit that he taught leading up to that fight. No, he talked about that man's wife. Like yeah, that. and that's you pulled my man's wife into it. Now, I get people saying, all right, well, the out that McGregor has is he got hurt. So now there's going to be intrigue for them to fight again. And McGregor has that out to say, okay, I got hurt, so I didn't get a chance to make a comeback. No, dog. You got your ass whooped. And I don't know, man. He don't even – he don't have – you know how he kind of like that intimidation factor. He doesn't have that anymore. No. I think think all the guys are pretty good. They feel like they can now. Yeah, they can. They can, and, and, and you know, he's not the dominant fighter that he once was, and he'll never get back to that because, you know, you can't beat Father Time. You can't. No matter how much you think you can, you can't. Nobody can, especially in the fight game. Um, the other thing, uh, and, and you bringing up McGregor uh, brought me to another, another thing as far as fights are concerned. The uh, Tyson Fury, Anthony Wilder, or excuse me. Yeah, I said that right, right? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> what is his name? Deontay Wilder? Deontay, I'm getting yeah. Deontay Wilder. I'm thinking about Anthony Joshua yeah. and Wilder together. Yeah. Uh, 
the Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury fight got pushed back. Uh, COVID concerns. It's just delaying the inevitable. Wilder's gonna get beat up again. <laughs> he is, he is. Well, I think it's scheduled for October. Yeah, they, they had to push it back. I really wish that uh, Joshua and Fury were fighting, not Wilder. That's why, because I, 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 I don't. We've seen enough of that. We've seen enough of that. It's, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be bad. Like I will be floored if Wilder wins this fight. I will be. I'll be floored if he wins this fight. Um. I don't think I know. I don't have anything to add. Oh, actually, actually, I kind of do. So, uh, I want to send a shout out to my buddy uh, Chase Newton. Uh, and if you're looking for him on uh, Spotify, or if you're looking for him on Facebook, uh, that is the name that he goes by as far as his music is concerned. I'm not going to give his real government name out uh, to everybody listening, but I will say this: um, there was a time years ago that I was involved in music. Now, that time came and went. I enjoyed uh, all of the camaraderie I had with uh, my crew, uh, Next Level. Uh, it was it was fun doing music. It was fun, you know, performing with them. Well, Chase has kind of pulled me out of semi-retirement. So, uh, in October, in October, we're going to be performing again. Once I get all the details, I'll share it with you guys. I would definitely love to see you guys out there at the show, but it's coming up in October. I think it's October the 8th. Might be October the 9th. I can't remember which date it was. Uh, like I said, once I get more information, I'll definitely share it. So, yeah, for the first time in... 10 years. <laughs> the first time okay. in 10 years I'm going to be uh I'm going to be performing again. So uh again, I'll give you guys more details as yeah, I that, bro. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be great to see you guys out there at the show. Uh John I haven't had him on in God knows how long. He uh said he'll be back next week. I hope so. I don't want to start I don't have to start sending him on Milton assignments. Milton, got to get you back on see football, man. Like, come on. Come on home, dog. Come on home. Uh, Also, uh, BJ Hewlett, who was a part of our uh, Super Bowl preview, trying to get him back on when we have our show in September. Yeah, that'd be great. And uh, I'm still waiting for him to start his podcast, The Daily Rundown. Definitely want to get him back on as well. Listen, that's about it, man. We packed a lot in the show. Let's, I got one more because uh, I Go just want to briefly mention it. We talk more about it the next time we come on air. Um, uh-huh. we, we need to talk about uh, Shikari Richardson, the uh, the track runner. Oh, uh, yeah. The team yeah that's- oh, listen, you know what? I, I think uh, – I think we may have an unfiltered on that because I don't, I don't, I don't like the way some of these, uh, some of these athletes are being treated, especially with uh, the quote unquote soul caps being disallowed uh, for these black swimmers. Uh, 
to use during the Olympics when they're when they're swimming. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't. I don't like it one bit. There is, you know, there's a deeper conversation that we need to have on Shakari Richardson. Um, and I think that's going to be more not not necessarily just about her, but just a conversation on, you know, where we are on this this marijuana thing. Yeah, that's more the bigger part of what I wanted to discuss. I, and I, I definitely want I definitely want to do an unfiltered on that. You know what? Boom, there it is. Next week, unfiltered on uh, this marijuana conversation as far as it pertains to sports. Because if I'm not mistaken, there are some leagues that have just decided against testing for it. Right. I, it's not performance enhancing. So, I mean, I don't get it. I don't get it, but we'll we'll definitely have a deeper uh, conversation on that uh, next week for you guys. Um, so look for that unfiltered as well as our show next week. Um, that's it, man. Felt feels great to be back. It does. Yeah, it feels man. great to be back. Uh, <laughs> thank you, guys. <laughs> I said, no, I said, I missed you, bro. Like I was, I was chomping at the bit, man. I even got in. <laughs> Well, listen, man, a belated happy birthday to you. Man, you know, man. belated happy birthday to you, man. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your birthday, man. You were like, like I was out of town, uh, took a trip to Baltimore, got to see Camden Yards. Listen, Camden Yards, great, great venue for a ball, ball game. Wouldn't say it's better than Citizens Bank Park, but it's definitely a great spot to hit a ball game up. Uh, I'm now four stadiums down, 26 left to go uh, on my visiting every ballpark list. And now I got to put a question mark around Oakland because I don't know if they're still going to be in Oakland by the time I'm able <laughs> to get there. you get there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, All right, so you, uh, listen, to go to Vegas. I wanted to go to Vegas to see the Eagles and Raiders. They want a couple hundred dollars for them tickets. You can keep that. I'll watch the game on Fox here in Philly. Right. So uh, that's about it, man. Listen, I'm, I'm looking forward to these next couple of shows, especially when we get back to uh, breaking down the NFL. Yeah. I'm ready. Listen, on uh, uh, one quick note before I get out of here, I'm coming back for my title, man. Okay, <laughs> I'm coming for my fantasy well, title. Well, I, wanna, I appreciate. Man, I, need, I need to repeat to make it legit, though. <laughs> listen, man. No, listen. We we all we all kind of agree that last season don't count for you. All right, last season don't count, man. You don't you don't you, you don't get you don't get full props for that, man. People didn't do what they were supposed to do, and it was and it was COVID season, man. Nah, last, I said I gotta make it. I got to repeat to make it legit. Yeah, you got to legitimize that championship you won last year, man. I'm not counting that, man. You get yeah, you man, get a big asterisk for that, man. I you know, you get a asterisk. I ain't even going to ask. I got it. <laughs> nah, that don't need, you don't need, you don't need, you don't get no parade. You don't get to celebrate that, man. Nah, that's no. Nah, man. Nah. Nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you don't get to celebrate. What I feel like, I feel was like, that? Uh, very, I think it was the very first NBA Finals MVP when Jerry mm-hmm. West won, but the Lakers lost to the Celtics. Right. That's what I feel like. I feel like that. Like I am holding the uh, Finals MVP trophy, but uh, nah, man. Was, 
The nah, other team got you the rings. The other team nah, got man. the rings, though. <laughs> You don't you don't get you don't get to celebrate JV championships, man. They don't put banners up in the building for JV championships, man. You wanna you won a JV championship last year, man. But yeah, man. this year is definitely listen, this you you get you get to redeem yourself this year, man. You definitely yeah. do. Uh you know, hopefully once again I get to meet you in the finals and I get to take the championship home. You know, it's been too long. It's been too long. Now, now I've won a couple. I won a couple. For sure, I'm going to meet you in the championship. That's what I Now, do. listen, listen, here's my thing. You definitely going to make the championship, definitely. <laughs> That's what I do. It's like, like, you, you, like, was like, I'm like the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> <laughs> now listen, I've won a, listen, I've won a couple of uh, I've won a couple of fantasy championships outside of our league, but right. I need the, I need the bragging rights championship. I need that one. I need the one where I can talk shit to y'all for months on end. You understand what I'm saying until the new season start. Yeah, I feel it. All right, well listen. Uh, I'm headed down to Citizens Bank Park to check out this Phillies game today. Vince Velasquez on the mound. I got my fingers crossed. Hopefully they come away with a win. Uh, you guys, I put it out there. You got until tomorrow. Ten dollar seats. Oh, okay. Better oh. get them before. You one last thing before we go. Who you got tonight? Uh, Bucks uh, or or Suns? Suns must win. They gotta get this game tonight. They don't. They're going to go back to Milwaukee, and Milwaukee wins the series in six. So the Suns definitely have to win, and that's another thing. I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm going to record the game yeah. so I can come home and start watching it from the beginning. Okay. I'm you know, either that, that or, you know, my wife, is she's got something else going on today. So either that or we meet up tonight, find a bar to watch the rest of the game at. I don't know yet, but either way, I will definitely be watching game five tonight. Okay, I'm be devil's advocate, and I'm gonna take the Bucks in the upset. I, I think they, I think they win tonight, and then close out in uh, on Tuesday. All right, we'll see. Well, you know, next week we'll be talking about it because uh, the series should be over by the time we come back next week. Well, yeah, regardless. Regardless, yeah, regardless. All right, you guys, uh, we're out of here. We'll check you next week. Have a good one, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Threes on Fire podcast. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.